0: All right, welcome back to Third String Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Crippen, and the other host, Pete LaCleed, is finishing today his four-day road trip from North Dakota to Vegas. So this is the Road Trip Diaries number four. We talk about uh, the Caps win last night. Pete, as a longtime Washington Caps fan, gives us an update on what it feels to be on the winning side of the Stanley Cup for the first time in his lifetime. And then we're going to talk about uh, the New York Mets and some baseball stuff after that. It's a pretty brief conversation, uh, just appropriate. For the Road Trip Diaries, number four, great way to close it out. When we come to you next week, we're going to be back with better sound quality. Apologies for the uh, the phone call quality today. We'll be back next week to talk more sports. Until then, thanks for listening to Third String Podcast. Without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, our in-house road trip warrior, Pete LaCleed, as he travels across America. Let's see what he is up to now. Pete, how is the road trip going?
1: Jack, it is going well, and you're Fillmore, Utah, right now. So we are where in the world of Fillmore, Utah, somewhere south of Salt Lake City and north of Las Vegas. That's about all I know. Okay, have.
2: good. Uh, good. But, okay.
1: Uh, yeah, we're we're about four hours north of Las Vegas, so we are closing in on the tail end of the trip. Fortunately, because it's now about 95 degrees outside and it's not as green as it used to be, so it's uh, it's time to get where we're going. But we've had a, a great trip so far. How's things in your world?
2: They are good.
0: I am currently sitting stuck in Austin traffic on I-35, as is normally the case
2: for me on any given weekday afternoon.
1: Oh, that's that's exciting. Does it make you mad that I, uh, on this trip, have gone as fast as 82 miles an hour without a car in
2: sight?
0: You know, a, a little bit. It does a little bit, because <laughs> I'm currently, I'm going about one mile an hour right now trying to merge behind a motorcycle. <laughs> so you guys stayed in Salt Lake City last night?
1: We did, yeah. We stayed a little outside Salt Lake City, pretty close to the airport, if anyone's familiar with that, in the West Valley. Uh, and then we went on some hikes this morning around uh, around the, uh, the City Creek, which is a, a beautiful area up there in Salt Lake City. So another another good morning before it got too hot.
2: Yeah,
0: you got to get all your outdoor stuff in before you uh, hit the desert and then you know, don't like to go outside before September.
1: Exactly. And, you know, we, we still had a, a bit of a stretch today. Today is our second longest drive of the day. so. Wear out the kiddos, wear out the dogs, put everyone in the car for afternoon naps except of course me and my wife.
2: You know, I, I actually just thought about this. You're kind of moving at the wrong time of year because you're going
0: from North Dakota in the summertime. Wouldn't it make sense to do that in the wintertime when you can leave the Great White North and go to warmer climates? Because right now you're you're you've finally gotten nice weather in North Dakota and you've got to leave to go to the desert.
1: In in all seriousness, there is nothing nicer than a North Dakota summer. I mean, They've got I've heard, like, yeah. terrible mosquitoes up there, but the sun is up until 11 p.m. It's still 80, 85 degrees tops, but no humidity. The, the summers in North Dakota are short-lived, but when they're there, they're perfect. So Yeah, that right, sounds great. It's at the wrong time. Man,
2: poor planning. Poor planning. Yeah, story of my life, right? <laughs> hey, um, speaking of the story of your life, a big moment for you last
0: night. Uh, how does it feel? to be the supporter of a Stanley Cup-winning team for the first time in your life.
1: Huge moment, not only for my love of the Capitals, but TC Sports. I mean, how long do, have I ragged on this show about TC Sports? I mean, we finally got over the hump. So it, it was awesome last night. And I'm a, I'm a big hockey supporter, as you know. Uh, my brother goes to tons of games a year. His family watches so vigorously, and he has so many good friends who have invested so much time and money in this team that while I'm happy, I'm really, really happy for the fans of D.C. as as it sounds. We, we as a city needed a win. Regardless of what politics are, sports, way of life, that city needs a couple wins. So It was, it was a lot of fun to watch last night and in pretty convincing fashion. I mean, they were down and they did what they've done the entire playoffs. And they, they got it done. But this, this is unlike a D.C. team I've ever seen. But how about those Vegas Golden Knights? You know, obviously, they're my second favorite NHL team. This was a fun right. series. And it, it didn't end the way that the Golden Knights wanted it to. But, boy, talk about the most successful expansion team in history, that was a lot of fun to watch. So, so I feel for them. I'm not wearing any Capitals attire in Vegas today, I promise.
2: I, I was going to ask, I, I are, you, have are you going to town
0: sporting, like, Capitals bumper stickers and uh, little uh, <laughs> car antenna toppers and stuff like that? Do so you got a little, like, foam yeah. finger, tap finger to take into town?
1: Uh, no, I, I took it all off. A good buddy bought me one of those. It's our year, uh, Washington Capital shirts that have gotten a lot of usage uh, over the past I, couple of weeks. So, but I'm probably not that weird.
0: Where as you ride into town,
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Need to need the as is the new guy. But did um, uh, you see uh, that the capital, I mean, if you're not going to win at home, what better place to win than in Las Vegas? So they were they were partying well into the night at the MGM Grand. I'm sure they were. A hundred. Thousand dollar bill hundred thousand thousand dollars. Wait, bills. who um, who ran that up? uh The Washington Capitals last night So all the players, wow. all the managers, all the all the owners, and and, and hockey you know, players don't
0: even make
2: that much money.
1: <laughs> no, and supposedly the Capitals organization covered the bill last time for
2: for all okay. of that. But yeah. there's, there's that pictures sense. of
1: them pouring champagne into the Stanley Cup and, and doing all that good stuff. So I. I don't know if you caught the, the post game as they were actually skating around with the cup. Did you see any of that? I did not No, but I think the, uh, I did see the Capitals player dedicated game to his father. That was a touching moment. TJ Oshie, one of my all time favorites. You might remember back yep. in 2014, had that epic shootout with, uh, with Russia. Uh, so he's, he's always been close to my heart, but uh, seeing Alex Ovechkin raise that cup above his head. And Vegas played some great music as the caps were skating around celebrating on the ice. It was, as a D.C. fan who, like I've told you, I was there the day they introduced Alexander Ovechkin in D.C. Uh, all those years ago. It was it was awesome. I, I won't say I was crying, but I was definitely uh, getting the field, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons talk to Joe House, and they were talking primarily about the NBA Finals. But House is a D.C. resident, Wizards fan, all that, but also a Caps fan. And Bill Simmons was asking about Ovechkin's place in D.C. sports lore. You know, how, how does he rank against other D.C. superstars? If you're in a town that's had Jordan, obviously, at the twilight of his career, but you've had Jordan. currently have Bryce Harper, one of baseball superstars. But how said, and I'm curious to hear what you think, how said that Obeskin is undeniably the top of that list right now because of what he's done for the city? And that was, of course, before the win. So I'm guessing even more so Obeskin has cemented himself in at the top of the D.C. sports superstar right. list. What do you think?
1: I, I'd put him in top three or four for sure. I mean, he brought up the championship, so how can you not have him up there? But I, I think you got to look at guys like Joe Gibbs. Um, and and you look at the, the Redskins of the late 80s, early 90s, and how much glory they brought to that city. I, I really don't know how you put him over Joe Gibbs, the repeat winner who did so much for that city. Um, Joe Seisman, obviously, is up there in my book. Um, they don't, they'll never get all the credit. I think you've got to look at the Lerner family who brought the Nationals in. Um, but single handed players, uh, I'd say Ovi's got to be in the, the top two or three. But I think in the, the DC Pantheon, he's probably still number three or four in my book. But who knows? I mean, he's he's got a little gray in his beard, but he's not done yet. So it's,
2: now, are I you like familiar it, enough I'm with. So
0: yeah, it's great. Are you familiar enough with the. The Capitals roster to talk about the Ellis for next year. They, get, they have a lot of guys on expiring contracts, pending free agency, or are they pretty set? They have a lot of returning talent. What's the deal?
1: They they should have a lot of returning talent. There's a couple guys who we need to eye who could get away, but I, I think the core group, you're John Carlson on the, the defense event, you're Lars Eller, who came out of nowhere to score a lot of goals, uh, Dorian Chris Kelly, uh who had the uh, game-tying goal last night. He'll be back. Obviously, Ovi and Baxter will be back. Um, and then I think what's going to be most interesting to watch if you're interested in capital proxy is what are we going to do about this goaltender situation where Brayden Holtby was fantastic after he came in in the, the first round of the series this year, but he was not our goaltender throughout the second half of the season this year, and he had a pretty, right. pretty down second half. He's obviously not starting the playoffs, but uh, I think the Capitals need to figure out who their goalie going forward is. I mean, Braden Holtby, I think you could argue, is probably not the month winner last night, but easily the second most important guy on this roster, takes them through this, this tough run. So uh, they're, they're going to figure out what to do about the soon, I have to imagine Crayton Holtby is the guaranteed starter game one in October,
2: but I, I think that's what we'll be interested to watch. Think, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. Well, can we pivot a little bit and talk about baseball? I have one quick baseball question for you. Absolutely. All right. So, I know you're a nationally East fan, as I am very familiar with that division,
0: and that goes hand in hand, of course, with making fun of the Mets constantly. And the Mets have been very easy to make fun of this year <laughs> because they've had a lot of injury problems, uh, and they're just generally hapless. I mean, anytime you have an infield that features guys like Jose Batista and Jose Reyes, uh, you're, you're you're having a rough season. Um, so the Mets, though, I was listening to Buster Only's podcast and. Was suggesting that the Mets could be sellers at the trade deadline, and that's not surprising. But what is surprising is the two names he suggested: uh, Jacob Degrom and Noah Syndergaard. He thinks that those are two pieces to watch, and the Mets could potentially trade away both of them to get a lot of prospects back
2: and basically try to hit the reset button on their club. So, what do you think? Number one is a good idea. Number two, will this happen? This is a terrible idea in my opinion. Um okay. if if you're a are you saying are you saying this as a national fan or are you
0: saying this you know, from the from the perspective of someone who wants the Mets
2: to succeed?
1: <laughs> no, as a national fan, I want to see these guys get out of the NLE. Like I don't want anyone okay. left in New York. <laughs> okay. Um, but but if, if you're the Mets organization, I think didn't this team start fourteen and one, fourteen and two this year and obviously that was a bit of a mirage, but they've they've had right. the injuries. Are you really willing to commit at this point if you're gonna dump probably your two shiniest guys on the big league roster. You're willing to dump those and essentially pivot back to saying this is a three to four year rebuild. I mean, why are you not looking to dump guys like Jay Bruce? Who you're paying 30 something million dollars. this year. Uh, who's, who's not doing anything. I mean, he lives and dies by the long ball and he's not hitting the long ball. I mean, he's, he's an average right fielder. I mean, why, why are you looking to dump your young talent? The one thing that seems to still be putting butts in the seat uh, in, in city fields, uh, instead of dumping your guys who have these large lucrative contracts who are not cashing in, I mean, any team in the world is going to be silly not to look at those two guys as young, upcoming talents to build around a the World Series run. But are, are you really willing to commit to three to four years of rebuilding? I think that sends a terrible message to the fans, the organization,
2: and that your GM essentially is on the Uh even though you're you're only, what, a third of the way through the season. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I do think, though, there's
0: a case be made for trading away at least one of them. I agree with you that trading away both would be
2: foolish and would just set your club back too far. You have two of the, I don't know, two of the top 20 aren't in the National League um, in those two. Uh, so, you know, trading away both of them I think would be bad. Uh, Syndergaard especially has pretty high injury risk. So I think it'd be more prone to trade
0: hands because he also has higher upside. So you're you're sort of uh, trading away future liability for short-term prospect gain. And I think that makes sense from the, from the perspective of the GM. But to your point about Bruce, I don't know if it makes sense to trade someone like Bruce because where the Mets are really hurting right now is on the opposite side of the ball. And Bruce is not not their main liability. So it really would just get worse, I think, by, by trading Bruce right now. Who they need to look at, um, doing something with his, their uh, old, aging infield. And they really need to acquire some prospects for that. So I think you know one potentially intriguing trade would be um, capitalizing on one of the Yankees' young infield superstars. Uh think is probably a little bit too steep of a price for Noah Syndergaard. But um, I don't know, maybe Dede? He's, he, he started off really hot, and we talked about him about a month ago on the podcast. But since then, yeah. he's really cooled off. And uh, maybe the maybe the price you right. Maybe they could do a Syndergaard for Didi right? trade. I mean, the, the Yankees need fishing help, and that might be something that they're willing to listen to. And I think that would that would be a deal that could make a lot of sense for the Mets just to get a cornerstone of, of their infield who could anchor them for the next decade. So um, yeah. I don't know if I agree with you that it's as bad of an idea as as you
1: said, but I think trading both of them would be bad. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, just, just look at the decision making recently coming out of that Mets organization. The whole Matt Harvey debacle, and I'm just I'm questioning a lot what the long-term goal is with the Mets right now. I mean, they're what two years removed from a pennant. I mean, maybe that was 2015, so three years removed from a pennant. I mean, this this team was really good. And this team started the season really good, and a bit yeah, out of a totally. mirage. But are you really willing to just fire sale it now? I I think it's it's just premature. I you got to give it at least towards the towards the All-Star break before you start selling the farm on this one. I think.
2: Yeah, no, I think I think that's accurate. Uh okay, well I think that's all that I had to talk about today. We had a much quieter
0: uh much quieter day day than we did yesterday, so a lot less to talk about. Uh and much less fun things. There's no Brian Pelangelo collar or Twitter antics,
2: uh Terrell Owens is making more noise. Um, but yeah, it's been been a little bit quieter. But we have uh, of course Golden State and Cleveland coming up. You and I
0: I both think that that series is pretty much done, but I'm hoping that LeBron makes it interesting and we least squeaks out a win in Game 4 and then and take it to Game 5. At the same time, though, I will not be sad when the NBA
2: season ends as a winner declared and we can move on to the draft. So, um, I don't know. What about you?
1: Hey, let me ask you. Is there ever an underdog you have enjoyed rooting for less than the Cleveland Cavaliers in this series? I am I, a huge LeBron fan, but there is nothing inspiring about this Cleveland team. And I like Kevin Love. Normally I like J.R. Smith when he's not making bonehead decisions. It's just, there is nothing (laughs) compelling about this underdog team this series, which is really weird because normally it's so much fun for Root to the David versus Goliath. And this series, I, boy, I I don't know. I'm I'm hoping they make it a competitive series so we don't lose both of our our NHL and NBA playoffs within 48 hours of each other, but, man, not compelling at all to me.
0: Yeah, it's not not compelling because it's not a David and Goliath. It's more like you know, three Goliath versus one Goliath, right? You have, uh, you know, we'll, 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 combine, we'll combine Clay Thompson, Igadala, and Green, and it's a one Goliath, and then they have Durant and Curry versus LeBron. And that's basically what this boils down to. So it's just, you're right, it's not compelling. The narrative's not there. I lost um lost a lot of appreciation just in terms of getting entertainment value from watching the Cavs play as soon as Kyrie left. Uh, I think with Kyrie, I had Kyrie back to that series right now, and the Cavs are in a much better position. The Cavs they take game one. Um, you know, worst case scenario, they're down 2-1. And then uh, and then they can make it a TV series tonight. So uh, Kyrie, that Kyrie trade, turns out, um, is a, is a different maker. Now, of course, yeah. the other side of that is Kyrie's out with injury. Maybe he would have had that come up in Cleveland as well. So we can't really know for sure, obviously. But I just think
2: a healthy Kyrie plus LeBron, if those two personalities could have gotten along, makes the series totally different and much more fun to watch. Well, anything else to talk about before we sign off and conclude the road trip diaries with this fourth episode?
1: No, this this has been fun. Hopefully, people have uh, tolerated my poor sound quality and uh, coming along on the ride. But if if any of our yeah, we, that, that's a good a point. We, a we will be back ride.
0: with good sound quality as soon as you get uh get set up in your new house, Vegas and stuff. We will be back to our normal pristine. Sound quality that our listeners have grown accustomed to. So yeah, I, I echo your apology for the the bad sound quality as we are talking on our cell phones right now. But hopefully it's still enjoyable. People can follow along, and uh, yeah, I hope you have a safe rest of the trip. Pete, and thanks for doing this. We will talk to you. Uh, I don't know. Just let me know when when you can do this again. Hopefully in the next week or so, we can get a new a new podcast out for the people.
1: Yeah, get get back on our on our regular schedule. Back to what the people want to hear and. I think we'll have some stuff to talk about. I see Connie's going to the DL, and it's never going to be a dull moment in 162-game season of baseball. So we'll have a fun summer ahead. We
0: sure will. Hey, Pete, you drive safely the rest of the way. To our listeners, follow us at ThurstonCod, at Zach
2: Krippen, and at Pete underscore the Cleed. We'll be back with you next week to talk more about sports. Thanks for listening.